This podcast is sponsored by Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Listen for more at the conclusion of today's program. Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count with Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. My name is Todd Pruitt. I'm one of your hosts, as always. Now, this is a very, very special episode. It's special for a couple of reasons, but primarily because uh, we are not joined by my regular co-host, Carl Truman. Uh, We enjoy these times because for just a moment, we don't have to be annoyed by his fake English accent. I mean, in fact, I think the reason he's gone is he's back at the beach of the beaches of New Jersey um, at his hometown, Wildwood, and just kind of soaking up the rays with Snooky and the rest. Um, so it's uh, it's just me. But but here's what's even better is it's not just me. I have a special guest, uh, someone that I've known and that I work with on a near daily basis for almost the last eight years. Her name is Lisa Updike. Lisa is the uh, director of children's ministries at the church where we are both privileged to serve Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, Lisa also does a great deal of work with our denomination. That is the PCA. Uh, She works closely closely with um, the uh, the discipleship ministries of our denomination um, in the area of children's ministry. She teaches regularly and speaks at events, and she has also authored three books, Um, which I'm a a fan of and that you're going to hear a little bit more about at the end of our program, but she's get the titles on these and and parents. I know that you will appreciate this. Um, The Bible is not boring. Church is not boring. And then her third and most recent book about being a boy and a girl or a girl. Um, So uh, those are our areas of key interest. I know for any Christian parent, who is struggling to know how to do a faithful job of raising their child or their children in the care and the admonition of the Lord. Um, Lisa, welcome to Mortification of Spin. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm impressed that you're willingly risking your reputation by coming on here. I'm actually even happy to be here. (laughs) Well, well, you must know that Lisa would have said that she was happy to be here because she's typically happy about almost everything. And so uh, she's she's kind of my bizarro world. I'm I'm the um, I'm the dour, um, pessimistic curmudgeon. Uh, Lisa is the happy turn that frown upside down. Things are going to be great. Um, kind of person. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, description, right? I think that summarizes it very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Lisa, you know, as I was telling folks, you and I are privileged to get to to serve um, the same church. This was your uh, covenant was your home church for a while before you uh, agreed to take on this yeah, role. In it fact, was you, before they pulled me out of the pew. <laughs> yeah. And you were, you, you came on board staff uh, just 
a matter of months before I came on almost eight years ago. Like, yeah, I, one month full time. And I had been an yeah. interim assistant before that. Now, um, after my being on board for a month or so, did you begin to think that maybe the church had made a terrible mistake or? I trust our session. <laughs> Is that a good answer? That is an awesome answer. Yes, <laughs> I do too. Um, well, I, I, I've been, we've been intending to have Lisa on for, for quite a while. Actually, Carl and I talked about it the first time many months ago. Um, but Carl can't be here because he got, he got scared because of my cheerfulness. That's the thing. See, you know, I, I, I'm a curmudgeon, but, but I, I'm cheerful next to, 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 to Carl. I'm a, I'm a wide-eyed optimist compared to Truman. And so I actually, my concern was I tried to schedule us schedule this at a time where I knew he would be in the classroom teaching because I'm afraid that this could have traumatized him in some way. Poor guy. I know bless his heart. That's what we say down South of the Mason Dixon line, bless his heart. Um, but, uh, Carl and I began talking about having Lisa on many months ago because we get lots of questions related to children's ministry. Um, anytime we have talked about things related to children's ministry, we get a really good response. I mean, clearly, this is a huge issue, um, particularly for those of us in in kind of our tradition of reformed churches, where we really, you know, we have catechisms and 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 we at least give lip service to the importance of these things. So many of the parents in our churches are are really clued in on us. But Lisa, it, it, it's really been. I mean, we're kind of a right. The church in general in America is kind of arriving at a game, you know, a little late in that because of all the things we're facing, we are now hearing more and more churches and pastors and parents saying, oh, we need to really be teaching our children sound doctrine because we're seeing this tidal wave of error that is washing over our families and washing into our children's minds at the very youngest of ages that we're waking up now to the vital importance of teaching our children doctrine. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for far too long, the church in general, the church in the U S especially, mm -hmm. I think they thought the key to maintaining our children in the church was to entertain them, right. make it fun, make it happy, happy. And as mm -hmm. much as they like to be happy, <laughs> I also regularly tell our children about suffering right? because they will suffer. And yes. um, I think we're finding in the U.S. that we are losing children because they think church is all about them. Mm -hmm. And then they they run into hardship. They run into right. things like all of us do, and they don't have any tools from scripture mm -hmm. to address them. So rather than thinking that they have failed, they think that God has failed Yeah. yeah. rather than knowing that maybe they haven't failed. And yet this is God's path for them. They just have no, no words, no doctrine for suffering, for hardship. And so like a, a plant, in the desert, they wither. Mm -hmm. And and what a sad thing it is that generations of parents um, have not uh, taught their children deliberately about the reality of suffering. Because the fact is, kids suffer in kids' ways, even in comfortable settings, even in settings where we have great medicine and nutritious food. Kids 
suffer oftentimes, even if it's on a quote child's level, they know the pain of rejection. They know the pain of loss. They know the pain of fear and insecurities, but we're not giving them scriptural tools to navigate those things. So it really, it doesn't take a child to lose a parent or go through a terribly um, distressing crisis, but just kind of the the sorts of things that we look at and say, oh, well, you know, those are kids things. But as a child, things like being marginalized or made fun of, um, things like tension in their home between their mom and dad witnessing an argument are very, very big deals. And too often we haven't given them the scripture and the doctrine of those scriptures so that they can navigate their young souls through some of that stuff. We forget that children are part of the church. Mm-hmm. And we think, well, there's the children and then there's church, you know, the grown-up mm-hmm. stuff. But but children are part of the covenant community. Mm-hmm. And as such, we shepherd them as we do adults, mm-hmm. recognizing there's going to be vocabulary differences and and um developmental differences, but still the truth of the scripture is for them. And they can begin exercising those things now. When, when we talk about scriptures like rejoice in the Lord always, if you look in the context, that's in the context of hard things. Right. And so we don't want to just take, well, boys and girls rejoice in the Lord always. We want to teach them what does it mean to rejoice in the Lord, not in circumstances. Right. And the, the thing is, it's, it's just teaching the children the breadth of scripture right? and not reserving the stories for them alone. And then even if we do teach them those wonderful stories of the scripture, teaching them in the context of the covenants mm-hmm. and not just in the, well, so, you know, believe like, like Daniel did and, you know, yeah. be brave but rather how that's pointing us towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, Lisa, one of your uh, concerns, one of the things that you're committed to is to try to help um, parents um, bring their kids to quote big church with them, as we used to call it big church. And, um, and though we offer a, a children's church for the youngest of our kids where um, uh partway through the service before the sermon. Um, they have some folks that help take them out to an area where they are then given a Bible lesson and then they're brought back in for the end of the service, um, which is nice. It's, you know, they're there for the, the oftentimes the closing of the sermon and then a, a, a hymn and, and then the benediction um, as they're there also for the call to worship, the confession of sin, the assurance of pardon and the singing as well. Um, but for those youngest ones, we have a, an alternative during the sermon time, which I'm okay with. We have parents that are committed to that. They don't need any convincing whatsoever. Um, oftentimes, maybe though, with new families that come in, they're kind of shocked that we don't have a full program of children's church all the way through uh, childhood. And you wrote a, a, a little book for parents to use with their youngest kids. You know, that church is not boring. Yes, because I, I, the thing is... <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes it is. You know? <laughs> right. So the reason I think it's boring is we don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Being bored comes from lack of understanding. Yeah. yeah. But if we begin to show our children the beautiful call of God from mm-hmm. the opening as, as we have the call to worship 
And then there's a call and response all the way through the service. As we explain that to children, the understanding helps with some of the boredom. Um, But other things that you can do, really, the book Church is Not Boring is written as a learn together. Mom and dad can sit with their children, read through this over the course of a few days and and hopefully learn some things, too, about shepherding their child to prepare for Sunday morning worship. So so really all Sunday is the best day of the week. And, you know, if you ask a group of kids, usually they'll say Saturday is the best day of the week. Right. That's just because they haven't been taught. And so it's so exciting to say, oh, no, Sunday is the Lord's day. Mm -hmm. And so all the way up to that during the week, we're going to find out what what passage of scripture the, the pastor will be preaching on. And we'll read that at home and talk about some of the the big words, because we want you to be prepared and, and maybe guess, what do you think the pastor will be talking about from this? So that engages their mind in a different way. If you read that passage of scripture a couple of times around the table, maybe even having your child who's able to read, read some of the verses, when they get to that on Sunday morning and they hear it, they have ownership. That's God's word. For me, as part of the family of God, I've read that. I've heard right. those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. just the preparation makes such a big exactly. difference in it not being so boring. Exactly. If you just plan a little bit ahead, you're not, you're not asking uh, for people to move mountains here, but just a little bit of planning ahead, preparation that really doesn't take hardly any time at all and and would actually be quite rewarding. That really can make a difference. And I love the fact that you say, look, let's be honest. Yes, church can be boring. Parts can be boring, but there's boring and then there's boring. You know, I mean, there are things that, that you know, we're, children are going to struggle to understand, but we, you know, we train them, we bring them along. Now, let me ask you this. Um, uh, in terms of pastors, what would you encourage pastors to think about and consider um, in terms of of being conscious, conscious and deliberate about making sure that parents are equipped well to, to have their kids in worship and that churches are kind of used to this? What are what are some things that that the pastors can do to really help this along and and to facilitate this? Well, right. I've got three things. Okay. One is we need our, our parents to understand the covenant, that mm-hmm. the covenant is for you and your children and for those far off. And so that they understand why is it that we're going to have our kids in here? We want them to understand so that there's buy-in. So there, it's a hard job to have right. your six-year-old in church. With exactly. You, you know? And so to recognize there's a reason that we're doing this. So pastors explain, teach the beauty of the covenant for all generations and that we don't, um, we don't just put our children aside. We want them in worshiping and that worship is about God, mm-hmm. not about ourselves. Yeah. Um, second thing is pastors, if you kind of know what the kids are studying in Sunday school, um, the, the take-home papers, some of those things, then when there's overlap with your sermon series, da-da, you can say yeah. now, boys and girls, I know that you were just studying this. 
you you memorize this passage of scripture or these mm-hmm. catechism questions. You might even call the catechism questions from the pulpit and let the children respond. Yeah. Um, you know, when when that happens at our church, all these little heads <gasps> snap yeah. up and look at, oh, that's yeah. me. Yeah. It's great. So we don't want them being consumers. We mm-hmm. want them being serving and part of the body. And that's a way they can serve the body yeah. um, by participating. And then third, it's something that you and I do. And I'm so happy we do it. We sit mm-hmm. down on Thursdays before the Sunday and we talk about the sermon. And so I'll find out any big words. Um, our kids know what imputation means. Right. Because. I know it's coming up in a sermon and we'll define it and we will make sermon notes that have things like coloring sheets along with questions, defining words. And the outline looks like your outline. Mm -hmm. They can follow along from the youngest who can just begin to color to the oldest. And I actually even have high schoolers that will sometimes take them. (laughs) And you know what? People with special needs, adults with yeah. special needs can follow the children's outlines more easily exactly. than adults because church is for all of God's people. Right. right. That just welcomes. So the just taking time to talk about the sermon with your children's directors. Yeah, Lisa, one of the things that I've really appreciated about being at Covenant was um those. Thursday meetings where you and I meet on Thursday mornings between 10 and 10 30 sometime. And sometimes we'll meet for 30 minutes. Sometimes we go for an hour or more. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at first I was thinking, okay, that's one more thing to my schedule, yada, yada. And what I found actually very quickly was that it, it did a couple of things. First of all, it helped me in my sermon preparation, which I didn't expect <laughs> because it required that by Thursday morning, I have more work done than I was typically, than, than I was typically used to by Thursday morning. I was telling another pastor just yesterday that I'm a better preacher now than I was eight years ago, in large part due to the schedule that was forced upon me in coming to covenant where I had to have a pretty good chunk of my sermon done by Thursday around 10 a.m. And that has made me a better preacher. The other thing it's done is that um, because when you and I are talking through my sermon notes on Thursday morning, you're bringing up questions, you're raising issues. And there are numerous times where I think, oh, I never thought about that. Oh, that's a little point of application I can add. I never thought about that. You're also, in your very kind way, throwing out things like, you know, we're at this particular question in the catechism. That would be great. And on the Sundays when I remember, you know, I do that well. And and I want to tell pastors that there's that I want to encourage pastors that if you if you're if you're fortunate enough to have a children's ministry director at your church, whether that person is paid or volunteer begin this exercise of meeting with them. And what Lisa does is she puts together every week two guides for the sermon, one for the youngest kids and one for the older kids. And it includes all of those components that she was talking about, you know, things like word searches, words that she knows I'm going to use in the sermon. So she'll have a word search. So the kids are automatically listening for certain words. I mean, that's just brilliant to get a kid to actually listen to a sermon because they're listening for certain words. There'll be certain things for them to draw. And I routinely have kids come up to me afterwards to show me their sermon notes, to show me the pictures they drew or the word search they filled out, that kind of thing. I don't know a pastor who, who wouldn't be thrilled 
to see those kinds of things. That is incredibly affirming to a pastor. If I was a parent and had kids that age and saw them working on that during the service, I would be thrilled to see that happening. Well, and a parent can take those notes home right, and then right. go through the week. If you know, family worship is so important, but it's so overwhelming sometimes for daddies to know how to begin. Right. If you have a tool like that, you can just talk through like, oh, why did you answer the question that way? Or mm-hmm. why did you leave it blank? Is there something you don't understand? Yeah. And so then it's a point. A- automatic family devotion material there, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. And so I'm telling you, pastors, if you have a, a person directing the children's ministries at your church that would be willing to consider doing that, um, it would be an, an enormous um, help to your children and to the parents of those children. Lisa, as we start to to move towards a wrap-up, now you recently completed a book for parents to use with their young kids that deals with the issue of gender. Mm-hmm. And the reason you did this is not because we're trying to pick a culture war fight. It's because the culture has come to us and forced this upon us. Correct. I mean, yeah. I mean, the culture has left us no choice but to have to talk, start talking about our children at a younger age than we ever thought we'd need to about things like sexuality and gender. So talk just a little bit in this particular resource. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's published through, through the PCA, this particular resource, what are you trying to help parents do? What are some of the specific things? Because, you know, I can tell folks, you're very careful not to be graphic. This is for young kids, but you're seeking to help parents help their kids deal with the the most basic question, because that's where it's being attacked by the culture, what it means to be a boy or a girl. I heard um, of a kindergarten class where the parents were saying they really wanted to keep their child home on a certain day. The Mm -hmm. reason they wanted to keep their child home that day was because in their class, a little girl was going to come in with her parents to explain to the class why she's now going to be dressing like a little boy. Yeah. And so we want our children to be critical thinkers Mm -hmm. and to understand what is truth and what is not, and to love the little girl who comes in dressed like a little boy. Yeah. And so this book is just a very gentle way of opening discussion about what we're seeing in culture and explaining our own feelings. We're fallen. Our children are fallen. A little girl might just feel one day that she'd much rather be a little boy. Right. And if she's hearing from her classmates, well, maybe you are a little boy then rather than, no, I'm just curious. Um. So this, it starts off with like some girls like to dress up fancy and some girls like to touch bugs, mm-hmm. but even little girls that like to touch bugs will grow up to be women. That's right. That's right. And, and it explains that, that there's a special relationship that happens between a man and a woman that is only for a man and a woman and that a man and a woman, if they're going to live together, they should be married. Yeah. Because that's what God says. So we, it has big print for the little child and then little print that has all the scriptures yeah. so that a parent can use that for their own resource. Why is this again? Um, 
our kids need to know that, yes, God is love. And because he's love, it doesn't mean he's all willy-nilly. Um, he <laughs> has set things in structures that are good and healthy. Yeah. And um, so it just begins that discussion. Because here's the thing. You think you want to delay talking about sexuality with your children? No, you need to go earlier than you think. Right. Because you, if you have a kindergartner who has a second grade friend, they're exposed to everything that second grader has. Well, actually, they're exposed to everything that second grader's older friend right. is exposed to you and the teenage brother of uh. that second grader's friend. They're getting exposed to all those things, even if you're a wonderful homeschool family. Right. There's that. It's on the commercials on exactly. TV. You can be watching a pretty wholesome show on TV, mm. and then all of a sudden, we're seeing... Two moms uh, or two dads. Yep. Yeah. That, that isn't a scriptural family. And, right. but we don't want our ch children to be afraid mm. and parents. I don't want you to be afraid either. I'm hearing this. Oh no, my children are in this time and it's scary, uh, but they were made for such a time as this. And you parents were made for this time to parent your children. So do not be afraid. Yeah. Go to the scripture teach them truth. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. doesn't mean that God is going to rescue from all hardship, but you can be confident that God will give you all that you need to parent these children and to teach them the truth. Mm. Well, now you all know why Lisa Updike is the children's ministry director at the church I serve. There's no one I'd rather have in that position. Um, I, I can tell you, I've always known that this position is important. And I've always known that the relationship between a pastor and a children's ministry director is important, but I've never seen it as clearly as I've seen it the last eight years in my time here at Covenant Presbyterian. And again, if you're in a PCA church, there's probably someone in your church that knows who Lisa is. Um, the folks at CDM uh, in our denomination are smart enough to have Lisa teach frequently and write things for them. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to our website, mortificationofspin.org, and you're going to see a link um, to the resources that Lisa has written uh, that, that I've mentioned here. Uh, the Bible is not boring. Church is not boring. And about being a boy or a girl. You're, you're going to want all three of those. You can register to win copies of those. You will also be able to follow a link uh, to the CDM website where you can purchase those. You, you want those in, the, in, in your hands, moms and dads, uh, pastors, you want to get those to your parents, children's ministry directors, ditto. You want those in the hands of your, of your parents. And I can tell you, if you're listening to us and you're a part of another tradition, if you're Baptist or, or Lutheran or something, uh, these books translate fine. They're not, uh, they're not Presbyterian specific uh, in that way. This is just really simple, basic Bible truth about the Bible, about the church, and about what it means to be a boy or a girl. And so you're going to want these and you're going to want the parents in your church to have these. Um, while you're there at our website, you can think about making a donation to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals so that we can continue uh, to provide you with content like this. And um, Lisa, before we go, I want to ask, uh, we're going to do a little business uh, real, real quick. Um, do we provide on our church's website a link to the children's uh, sermon notes that you compose each week? We do. Um, okay. They get uploaded with Sunday morning materials. Excellent. So what we're yeah. going to do is we're going to provide you a link um, on this week's uh, episode 
to those so that you can see those pages that Lisa makes. And if, if your church doesn't do that, that might provide a great idea to start something new that will really help your kids and help your parents. So we'll provide a link for that as well. You can do really simple ones. And if you are a children's director out there that wants to learn how to do them, send me an email and I'll walk you through the process. Yes. Yes. And, and I think you can tell that Lisa's willing to do that. She's happy to help in any way that she can. Well, Lisa, thanks for um, hanging out with me uh, in, in this way. Wasn't this fun? It was fun, fun, fun. You even <laughs> smiled a little bit. Yeah, you caught me. You caught me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lisa, thanks for, for joining us. And to all of our listeners, thanks for, for uh, tuning in. And uh, I know that this has been a, uh, a help and encouragement for you. And uh, we'll look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. For more on topics like this, visit mortificationofspin.org, where you can find other articles by Carl and Todd, browse the archive of past episodes, and make a donation. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. Class, I'm going to be uh, your substitute Sunday school teacher. Hi, teacher. Hi. Hi. What's Hi. your name? Well, uh, my my name is Mr. Drummond. What you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about. I'm 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 here to be your substitute. Um, wait, sub- wait. Where's Miss Linda? Well, Miss Linda, Miss Linda is my wife, and um, she she's she's been sick. Okay, and so I know you've had a lot of substitutes, Sunday school teachers. Yeah, we've had a lot. But I'm going to be your permanent. I've run most of them off. I bet you have. Yeah, it's it's you you seem like that type of child. But I'm going to. Wait, you're Miss Linda's husband. I'm Miss Linda's husband. And she could do better. Well, well. <laughs> You know, we do what we can. We do what we can. Yeah. I like you kids because you just speak truth all the time. You yeah, know? I tell you what I'm thinking. There you go, buddy. There yeah. you go. What's yeah. your name? My name's Billy, like the goat. <laughs> but I'm not really a goat. And you're just a little boy. I'm just a kid. You're just a little boy. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. hi. Okay. Well, yeah. hello, class. Um, why don't we start this? I would love to sing a song uh-huh. that I think Miss Linda. I love to sing songs. Okay, well, good. That's I love to sing songs to God. Oh, okay. okay. Like I love to sing. Uh-huh. I love to sing. Jesus loves me. Oh, sign this language. I know. Okay. okay. For the Bible done told me so. I'm gonna be the next American Idol. Hello, I'm Jonathan Master, president of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. When I look back at what first drew me to the Alliance, it was Dr. Boyce speaking about the great need for reformation and a return to historic Reformed confessions, biblical preaching, and thoughtful worship. Given the changes in our culture since then, that need is even greater today. The church today needs bold proclamation of sound doctrine, clear teaching of the Bible, and worship that is God-honoring and full of reverence and joy. At Greenville Seminary, we aim to meet this need by equipping men for pastoral ministry, men who are courageously committed to the truth, who are Christ-like in their character, committed to prayer, 
and called to be ministers of God's Word in local churches. If you're interested in learning more about Greenville Seminary, either as a prospective student or as an interested friend, visit us at gpts.edu. Greenville Seminary, equipping preachers, pastors, and churchmen for Christ's kingdom among the nations.